This podcast replay is brought to you by HialeahParkCasino.com, your entertainment destination. Casino, poker, dining, and simulcast racing so you can wager on some of the best tracks in the country. Go to HialeahParkCasino.com to sign up for promotions, giveaways, and events. ...of the program. Appreciate all of you out there for tuning in and keeping it locked here on the program. Please smash the hell out of the like button. Visit our amazing sponsors like Perdomo Cigar, Great Lounge, 5150 Northwest, 167th Street in Miami Lakes. You, you can uh, go by there. In fact, I was by there yesterday, and I was just talking to Nick Perdomo, Nick Jr., Arthur, all the great people out there. Janine was there. Everybody was out there. Just a, a terrific family atmosphere, and they got a giant humidor there with all of the Perdomo cigars. There were a couple guys playing pool because they've got a pool table, big, large leather couch, TV, a great lounge. So you could actually go to the factory where they've got all the Perdomo cigars, where they got millions of dollars in cigars. And uh, you can actually check it out. Sometimes they'll give you a tour. You might meet Nick. You can take a picture. So check it out at 5150 Northwest, 167th Street in Miami Lakes. And they've got all kinds of Perdomo paraphernalia, too, hats and lighters and shirts and all kinds of stuff. So go check it out for yourself. Great sponsors of ours. And uh, we love uh, Perdomo Cigars. Obviously, we light up a victory cigar like last night against the Sixers. Our victory cigar time with the uh, Perdomo Cigars. Uh, Devin Jordan is asking, Big O, this has to be the year the Dolphins finally get a draft a running back, right? Well, no, they've drafted running backs. What are you talking about? They drafted Kenyon Drake. They drafted... Uh, Miles Gaskin, come on, bro. They've drafted running backs. Don't make, don't make it sound like they don't draft running backs. I know what you're saying, Devin. Uh, no, they won't. They're not going to do that. They only have one second round to two thirds. I don't think it's going to be spent on a back. I think it'll be spent on corner, safety, linebacker, tight end, tackle, uh, something along those lines. I think they're going to bring back Jeff Wilson and um and Mostert. I think they're going to try to bring those guys back and then maybe, you know, some kind of a late pick, 7th rounder, 6th rounder, undrafted kid, something like that. I I just don't think they're going to spend any of their not that they're high picks, but their second and two thirds. Um I don't think they'll spend any of those on a running back. So I don't think this is the year that they do that. Remember it's a complicated system. I want to remind you of this, Devin. Okay, let's think about this now. Okay, Salvan Ahmed had success because he knew the system. The guy you paid money that you got Chase Edmonds from Phoenix or Arizona. I'm sorry, same shit, whatever. Um, he's he's actually a good player, but he did not fit here, and he looked completely out of place. And that's a veteran back. So what are you going to do with a, a rookie? That look how Salvan Ackman jumped Miles Gaskin. Why? Why is that? Salvan Ackman's a good player. For what where he was drafted and what he's done, he's actually been a very productive seventh round pick. But shit, Salvan Ackman jumped him. Why? Because he comes from that system. And I don't think they're. I don't think. Obviously, I've been wrong a thousand times over. Asked my wife since yesterday. I've probably been wrong about 80 times. 
but I don't think they're going to draft a young kid that they need to count on because, as you saw, that third running back was going to be needed because Jeff Wilson got banged up and Mostert also got banged up and you needed Salvin Ahmed. So whoever that third guy is has to be somebody they feel like will adjust to the system quickly or already knows it. And that's why I don't think they'll put a rookie in that position because if you have to call on that rookie and he's not ready, that puts your team at a disadvantage. And you can tell the difference between Chase and Jeff Wilson. The second Jeff Wilson stepped onto the field, he was immediately the impact Simmons could not be. So I just think because the system is not an easy system, apparently, I don't think you'll, you're going to see a young back at a high pick. Can it be a late pick, the sixth, the seventh round, the street free agent? I can see that because that's not an effort to spend those kind of picks. An early pick, you need somebody that's going to transition a little quicker. And what happens if he doesn't know the system well enough, if he doesn't react the way he's supposed to react when he touches the ball? I, that's why I don't think it'll be a back early on, which is what I think you were talking about. Is this the year they finally get a back? And I think you mean do they draft one pretty high. I don't think that this is, is going to happen. Okay. And let me tell you, so here's the other thing, Devin. Another thing to think about. Are you trying to win now? Or are you trying to win in two or three years? Okay, go get a back in two or three years. But you're trying to win now. You don't have time. And that's why they went and tra traded for Jeff Wilson because they didn't have time. They want to win now. They want to make sure before they have to pay the kid, they one, they had to make sure he can play. Okay, now you know he can play. Now let's build up the line, let's build up everything else so he can stay healthy. That's the way I kind of look at it. You know what I'm saying? So I just think that all of those factors, I don't really expect them to spend the high pick. Uh, big O, call me whatever, but I trust Mike, Fangio, and Greer have a great plan. Do you think that they finally grab a returner? That's another one, Knight. Nice job by you, sir. Uh, Devin, that's another one in the second or third round. I can see a receiver slash returner scat back running back you know what i mean corner re returner um one of those kind of guys receiver running back corner that is a returner and he'll be the last guy in your in your in your position whether running back whether it's receiver or corner but he is a key returner yes that's a great one night let me tell you something there was a little water bug in the senior bowl that i'll tell you that kid would be a really good returner i'm trying to remember him and i probably will not remember it after that damn roster but there was one kid that was there that i was like that's a guy you could get as a returner and that that i would say that yes that's another priority that i would not be surprised in the third round with those two picks that you find one of the guys that is you know, either or for you and not necessarily a great receiver, not necessarily a great corner, not necessarily a great running back, but he's got that knack to be, you know, like a lot of these guys, a lot of these returners never really were great position players. 
they were decent position players. You know what I mean? Uh, Leo, I would never want Marcus Mariota as a backup. That would be an absolutely terrible decision. I would laugh at the Dolphins if they sign him. It, 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 please, let's not do with the Polynesian thing. He doesn't have accuracy. He is more often injured than actually Tua is. Um, no. No, I would never Marcus Mariota. I was never a Marcus Mariota fan for coming out of Oregon. I just never thought his accuracy was ever there, and it's never gotten there, ever. So, no, I would never touch Marcus Mariota, and I've been like that since the draft. Never been a Marcus Mariota guy. I, I have problems with quarterbacks that lack accuracy. You know, I, I had a problem with Josh Allen because of that. And by the way, he still has those issues. While he has his moments that he doesn't do it and he has some clutch moments, but he still has those, those times where he's overthrowing people and they're wide open. It has nothing to do with the receiver. It has everything to do with him too. And it's while he's a hell of a physical talent, he still has that erratic arm of his that isn't necessarily accurate. Uh, do you think we do better than most teams with undrafted rookies? Terry, I think they've done better than most in the draft and undrafted rookies and free agency the last couple of years. Uh, again, I think they've got a hell of a front office. I just think this year is clouded because of all the bad breaks. I, I'm not there. You go look at it and you know, you, we, I, I did this with Marcel. I think they've hit on four of the last six first rounders and you know, they've done really, really well. And then undrafted, my God, they find guys all over the place from Zach Sealer to Nick Needham to Cater Kohu. Trill Williams was well on his way. Uh, Salvan Ahmed, you know, it, it just, it, it goes on and on and on. They find guys off the street. They're, they're pretty damn good uh, with that. Very Robert Jones, by the way, um, uh, Brandon Shell, they found off the street, although he's not like an undrafted. He was a veteran, but still they find guys off the street that become productive players for them. Um, my boy that was here for two years, uh, he went to Oakland last year, the receiver. Um, damn it, bro. Uh, I hated I hated when they let him go last year. I get it. It's McDaniel's call. He probably didn't think he fit his system or whatever, but I, I love the guy. I'm a, you, you guys know it. Mac Hollins. Oh, I'm a huge Mac Hollins fan. My God. I, I wouldn't trade Mac Collins for, for nothing. That's the kind of guy I want on my team. Mac Hollins reminds me of Jim Jensen. Reminds me of those kind of guys that they're not going to be the best player on your team. But, my God, I want five or six of those on my team. I just want those kind of guys, those guys that are just great football players. I'm not saying that they're great all-time athletes or Hall of Famers or anything, but the guy is a, just a football player. Whatever he does, he's going to do it to the max. You know, those kind of people are, man, they are precious. I would never get rid of those kind of guys. They're just awesome to have. 
that they're they're able to play a position and then excel on special teams and help you in whatever the hell it is that they you need them to do. Matt Collins is one of those guys. My God, yes, exactly. Uh, Wayne D, glue guy. Love those kind of guys, man. I I I was I was I was depressed about that last year when they got rid of Matt Collins and he played really. I know Raiders fans. I know you got nothing to cheer about overall. I know you're stuck with uh, with an idiot coach and and a moronic owner, but um, I know you were happy with Matt Collins. I know every Raider fan was was happy with Matt Collins last year. I, in fact, I don't think anyone cannot be happy with Matt Collins. I think it's, you know, it's insanity. Flipper says, I won five or six Cheetahs and five or six Jalen Phillips on my team. Well, that would be nice, but you can't pay that many of them. <laughs> That's the problem, Flipper. You're not in today's salary cap. You can't pay for five or six, you know, Cheetahs. That, that, the salary cap does not work that way. Five or six of those are going to cost you. I don't. I don't know if the cap is enough for five or six of those. <laughs> so, yeah, it would be nice, but you're you're going to have to go back to the '80s and the '70s when you know you're able to keep the doomsday defense and 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 Staubach and everybody else on there with Dorsett and all that and Hill and all that. You know, the steel curtain, and then you can also keep. Bradshaw and Stallworth and Swan and Franco Harris and, you know, the no-name defense. And then you're keeping Zonka Kick, Morris, Warfield, you know, Greasy, an, an entire offensive line, the Cowboys of the 90s, you know, where you could keep Troy and you could keep Michael and you could keep everybody else plus that defense. Yeah, you're going to have to go back to those days, my brother, when the salary cap was not in the way and you can keep all your stars together, and it wasn't about money. But now that it's about money, nobody's going to have – the Kansas City Chiefs could not keep one Tyreek Hill. Why? Because that would have been their fourth Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Chris Jones, Mahomes, Kelsey. So – you know, it tells you you can keep about three of them. After that, you're not going to be able to keep any more of them. You know, it's just it's just too hard, man. So, yeah, five or six would be a beautiful thing. It's just fiscally, it's not going to work out, unfortunately. That's just the way it is. Hey, don't forget at Hylia Park, they're giving away a Mercedes-Benz. Yeah, man. So get on down there. That is a smoke-free casino. They've got the smoking hot slots out there. So if you are, you know, you got to take your vape pen, you know, it's 420 and you got to keep playing the games. You can do it on the on the smoking hot slots. You can bring your cigars, your cigarettes and enjoy them out there. They got ventilation, all that. But inside the casino, no smoking casino. So whether you're downstairs playing all of the um, all of the uh, slot machines, which they've got a whole bunch, hundreds and hundreds of them, just in case we do the giveaway again, although Steve gave it away. Uh, or upstairs in the poker room, by the way, nobody will be smoking. You will be enjoying it. The ladies will bring you drinks. Those lovely ladies will bring you food. They've got these little tables that they bring you the food. And by the way, the, the uh, grilled chicken sandwich 
with those seasoned tomatoes. Oh, so good, man. So good. And the bread, too. The way they toast the, the, the Cuban bread, it tastes like, I don't know, man. It, it tastes different. It tastes good. You know what I mean? They got good food there at Hialeah Park. Go enjoy it. Uh, and go check out the uh, Mercedes. Every time you play in the slot machines, right, uh, you keep pulling that uh, lever, you're going to keep getting entries in there. And that way you got a chance. And they're going to give away the Mercedes on April Fool's Day, April 1st. Okay? I'm going to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play some and try to win the Mercedes myself. I'm, I'm eligible. I'm not necessarily an employee. Uh, Derek says, Big O, what year would you say was the best year for the Dolphins defense ever? Well, my brother, you have to go back to the 70s when they won a Super Bowl, when they won multiple Super Bowls, when they went to three straight. That has to be it. We can't give it to the no-name defense. I mean, I'm sorry, the uh, Killer Bees. We can't give it to Jason Taylor and Zach Thomas's defense of the, of the mid-90s to the, not mid-90s, late-90s to the early 2000s. They didn't win anything. They didn't even go deep in the playoffs. And yes, it was a great defense, but they never were able to realize their talent. So you have to go back to Stanfield and the guys and, you know, Bonacani and those guys. That's that's the greatest defense that we've ever had because they're the ones that, you know, were part of an undefeated season. I mean, your quarterback threw the ball six times or seven times in a Super Bowl. How stupid is that? You know what I mean? So there is no comparison. There's no argument. There's no discussion. Nothing. No defense will ever compare to the killer, to the to the no-name defense. There were other great, you know, great defenses, good defenses that we've had in the past. But un until you win it, multiple championships i can't ever put you in the same breath sentence neighborhood discussion whatever with the early 70s none and i love zach and jason and sam and pat and tim bowens i covered all their games i was the beat writer beat reporter for qam for all for their whole existence I've got nothing but love for that defense, but they got no shot ever at unseating the no-name defense, ever. Not even close. You you got a lot of work to do. Now, you want to talk about an offense? Okay, yes, they weren't the greatest offense in those days. They didn't have to be. So, you know, but then again, they could run the ball, something that Marino's teams could not do. And that's what I love about Mike McDaniel that he is trying to find that balance and and be impactful in the running game, and he knows that he has to be. You know what I'm saying? So I, I hopefully he sticks to it too sometimes because he he abandoned it. But, yeah, no, it's the 70s will always dominate. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, remember, Big O, the Dolphins lost key players because of the World Football League because of that money. Yes. Um, Zonka, Kick, and what was the other one? Was it Warfield that left? Yeah, there were a few people that left to the World Football League that then obviously went defunct. And yeah, that uh, that ruined their run. That sucked. 
That sucked big time. It was Warfield, yeah. Uh, what happened last year, Hollins? This is going to be with Mike Isicki. It sucks. Hopefully he doesn't sign with the Jets. That will hurt. Um, I don't know if the Jets want a, a blocking tight end, too. I don't know if they have that, you know, because he comes from that same kind of tree. So I'm not sure if he also has that kind of philosophy that you got to sell your guy as of being able to, you know, actually block, too. So I'm not sure. Uh, imagine if we luck out with a Tyreek Hill in the third round as a returner would never happen, but fun to imagine. It could happen. That's uh, anything is possible, bro. I mean, you ended up with Zach Thomas in the fifth round. You ended up with, with Jason Taylor coming out of the third round. So you end up finding gems in later rounds that end up becoming, you know, stud players for you. So it's very possible that you could get a, a mid-round player that ends up becoming a great player and a great returner. In fact, there's a lot of returners that are picked in the middle to late rounds, and they become great returners. I'm sure that Dante Hall for Kansas City was not drafted very high. You know, I know Tyreek had a little bit of baggage, too, coming out of college. And what was he, like a fifth-round pick? But lots of other players that were good returners they dropped in the draft and I'm sure that, you know, plenty of them in the history of the game were, were late round picks. Cause that's usually what happens with returners, unless the guy is like a, you know, Desmond Howard or something like that, then you're going to take a, a guy like that earlier. You know what I'm saying? Um, Charles Woodson was a terrific returner on top of being a great corner. Not that you really want to use him that way, but yeah. Uh, Adolfo says something funny. Did you see the story on Mac Jones being yelled at and that affected his confidence? Imagine if, if it goes what Tua, if goes what Tua went through. Oh yeah, no, my God. If he had to put up with flow, think about that. So you got this guy who just shits on you the entire time in flow. And he's keeping you on the bench for Jabroni Brisket. And then Brisquette suffers an injury, so you have to put him in in the Ravens game. And you go out there and you perform at a high level with the guy that hates you, didn't want to draft you, doesn't want you to be on the team. He's trying to play a guy ahead of you that doesn't have a tenth of your talent as a passer in Jabroni. And you go out there and you start balling against the Ravens because you obviously need to win the game for your team and you've got to prove yourself against an asshole that doesn't believe you. That's how mentally tough that kid is. That's why he can come off the bench and win a national title. You know? I, I just, you know, there, there are times that I just don't think people appreciate that. You know what we do appreciate? Ah, yes, we appreciate Alan Poupart. Yeah. And our EJDconstruction.com, My Emma Dolphins, an NFL report.
Dolphins fans, time to get insight on your favorite team with your favorite reporter with an Expos hat. Sports Illustrated's Alan Poupart in our EJDConstruction.com Miami Dolphins report exclusively on a big O radio show. All righty. How you feeling, my man? How was your flight? Very smooth. Uh, on, on time, very smooth. Beautiful thing. Is it, is it snowing over there? So I know no, I'm headed more. out at 4 o'clock. Not at all. It's actually warm, but it's it's kind of – it was raining when I got here. Uh, as I'm looking outside, it's not raining, but the streets are wet, and uh, the high every day is in the 50s. And tomorrow it's in the 60s. Oh. Yeah, baby. Yeah, bringing that warm weather. Pretty you much. Know, I, was, I, I was talking about this because obviously you and I have been going there for years. And in the 20-something years that I've been going, uh, the one time, the best week ever was the Super Bowl week. I went there for the Super Bowl when they had it. And that whole week, dude, it was in the 50s to 60s. And everybody was freaking out. like, And, you know, they, they brought out heat lamps to put all throughout the streets you know, so when people are walking around, there are heat lamps all over and all that. And it was like one of those things, like people were walking around like, wow, dude, this is like super comfortable. And, and you know, in, in early February for it to be that way in Indianapolis is crazy. So and they just had like what some winter systems go throughout the entire northern part of our country, man. Like they got snowing in, it was snowing in Pasadena on Sunday for Christ. I know, dude. I know. I mean- and as yeah. and here it's like it's balmy almost. It's it's weird. It's wacky. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of uh, what what we're headed with. Uh, all kinds of extremes now with uh, the mm-hmm. changes in our climate, unfortunately. But you know, it's just like what we're watching all over the world, man. It is crazy shit uh, that goes on. All right, let's uh, let's get into it. Um, by the way, you know, somebody was asking me now about about. Uh, uh, about the video that they had of uh, Mac Jones being scolded and that it might have affected him and all that in his play. And then somebody says, can you imagine him going through what Tua had to go through with Flores? And and I said, I think people don't realize or or at least appreciate the kid's mental toughness because you watch him come back from all these injuries. And then you think about that moment where – he doesn't want him on the field and he's staying with, with Brissett and the Ravens game. And then he gets injured. And so now the kid goes out there on the field and here's a coach that doesn't believe in you. Didn't want you in the first place. So you got to go out there and you go out there and you start balling and you ball to the point that you force the coach to say, Hey, uh, yeah, Jacoby stay there. We're going to, we're going to stay with it. Uh, I, I don't, you know, and we see what he has to go through now. He's trying to do the judo and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if people really appreciate the mental toughness that that kid possesses because he is. I know physically the durability is an issue, but mentally the kid is as fearless as it gets. Okay. You don't believe me? You don't. You don't agree with me? I don't have. A, I don't have a strong opinion. I, I, this this whole notion of like. I mean, let's not make it sound like Flo, like Flores was like screaming at him. Day and night, there was reported one incident at halftime of the Tennessee game when, let's be honest, who was playing like dog shit. And mm-hmm. my guess is Flores told him in very, very uncertain terms, you're playing like dog shit. 
not the first coach who's ever done, done that. The reports I saw from, from New England is part of their issue, and this could apply to two as well. Part of their issue is they don't want the coaches to go crazy on Mac Jones because Mac Jones is one of those who, who is emotionally all over the place, gets crazy high, crazy low. If he's playing like shit, he's going to get crazy low. So it doesn't, doesn't need the coaches to pound on him. Two was a guy who's very hard on himself. No, he doesn't need the coaches to pound on him. But it comes with the territory. You have to have a men- you have to have mental toughness to play the position. Otherwise, you're not going to last. Uh, right, right. And, and I think he's proven that over and over again. Even when he comes back through, you know, the concussions and everything else. I think that that's one thing that I appreciate about that kid. That that's why I always give him a fighting chance. Because I know that mentally he's not going to quit. He's not going to be, you know, um, what like Carson Wentz is a perfect example of a guy that maybe is not a mentally tough person, doesn't handle adversity very well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, he got himself Adam Beasley in the house saying saying hi. There we go. Um, yeah, I lost my train of thought here. Uh, that's how easily I get flustered. No, he, uh, no, and he's he's going. Adam he's Beasley's gonna... Adam Beasley's you know beauty will do that to people. You know what I mean? It's kind of like watching Jimmy Garoppolo walk by Adam Beasley, Jimmy Garoppolo, and I get it. You you it kind of takes the yeah, breath yeah, out yeah, of yeah. you. That must be that must be what it is. That must that's be what it is. That's what it is. No, no, Tua's is. gonna Tua's gonna succeed above and everything else because of his accuracy and because of his of the, the timing and you know getting things done on time. Um, so. Somebody was asking me about is this the year that the Dolphins draft the running back high in the draft? And I kind of thinking that no, there's no way that that happens. One because that's not their not Chris Greer's mo, but then that's the obvious one. But the other one is. I think last year we kind of saw it, right? Chase Edmonds, a veteran back, came in and did not, you know, adapt. Miles Gaskin got leaped over your boy, Salvan Ahmed, because Salvan Ahmed obviously knew the system and was very comfortable in it. I think you also risk in drafting a young guy, and you're going to need him because you saw with Jeff Wilson and Mostert, you're going to have to count on that third guy. So if he's going to battle Salvon for that third spot, Scott, you're also risking a guy that may not be able to adjust quickly, and then you've got another Chase Edmonds situation in your hands, and that third guy has to be able to adjust quickly to the offense like Salvon Ackman. So that's why I don't think they even risk taking a rookie early on in this draft in the second or third rounds. Your, your thoughts on that? Well, to me, it's not about system fit, and I don't think Salvon Ackman leapfrogged Miles Gaston, because he was more familiar with the system, I think he leapfrogged him because he's got a higher ceiling. He's more athletic. Okay. My, Miles is is Miles is very dependable. He's very solid. You know what you're going to get, but the upside is limited. Savan Ahmed may be more likely to try to make something out of a run that's not there and lose four yards, whereas if there's two yards to be had, Gaskin's going to get two yards, but he's going to get two yards. If there's two yards to be there, Ahmed could turn it into eight yards or he could make it a four-yard loss. That, to me, is why Ahmed leapfrogged. Um, the other issue is this is not a running back dependent scheme. Hence, no need to be spending premium uh, assets, whether it be draft capital or salary cap space, 
on a running back. Great point. This is why this is why it's always by committee to Matt. I've said all along, I wouldn't be floored one bit if they resign Ahmed, if they resign Wilson, if they resign Mostert. I I think that the top two guys for sure are coming back. I'm with you there. I think they're going to bring back Wilson and Mostert for sure. They made a good one two punch, actually. I think if you improve the line, they get even better, actually. If, If that left guard and the right tackle is solved. I think your backs will look even better than they did last year. But and, and if, even look at the numbers last year. Their running game, I think, in yards per carry was actually middle of the pack. Yeah, it, it, it was it was fine. The thing is, they they didn't stick with the run very much, and and part of it is because their two best players on offense were Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, um, and it makes no sense to have a run oriented offense when you have all that speed outside, and then maybe at times a short yardage. Uh, running wasn't particularly good, but how much of that was the backs? How much of that was the offensive line? So, I'm, I'm with you there. All right, what are you? Uh, what do you think the Dolphins, outside of the underwear Olympics, are trying to accomplish this week here at the combine? Well, I mean, it's as with every combine, and I'm sure they're talking to agents, laying the groundwork, and talking about their own, their own free agents, trying to see if if they're going to resign guys. I'm sure they're going to have conversations. With Christian Wilkins' agent, I'm sure they're going to have conversations with Drew since he represents ten players, including Zach Sealer. Robert Hunt's another one is going to be in line for an extension at some point because he's entering the last year of his contract and he's a keeper. Um, thing with him is kind of the same with with Zach Sealer, and I haven't looked at Hunt's number uh, recently, but I don't think he makes a ton of money in the fourth year of his rookie deal as a second round pick. So the idea of extending him is to make sure you keep him more so than to create salary cap space, unlike Wilkins, where it serves two purposes. Um, as far as evaluating the prospects, look, the Dolphins don't have a first-round pick. Um, so you're know, looking so not necessarily for the, the glamour guys. And they're certainly, if we're talking running backs, they're certainly not looking at B. John Robinson from Texas, who will be long gone. Um, you know, If they're getting a corner, they're certainly not looking at Joey Porter's kid, who's going to be gone in the first round. So, you know, looking more for depth guys and UDFAs. Hopefully, you know that you can unearth a couple more gems like Kate or Kohu. Let me ask you something. Um, tell us about how the Dolphins stole Fangio away from the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton. You saw the headline, huh? Yeah, uh, Sean Payton. Who, by I, read the story. I read the story, okay. but I don't want to, like. I want you to tell the story. No, it's actually it was very cool. Sean Payton, was, Sean Payton actually the the media sessions with the coaches at the podiums were supposed to start at 10 a.m. Sean Payton started early and kept going and going and going, uh, and then he was asked about all of the the guys that he interviewed for defensive coordinator, and he mentioned Vance Joseph, who ultimately got got the job, Rex Ryan, Sean Desai, who we didn't know but wanted to talk to him because he's a, like a brilliant young guy who actually you know somebody the Dolphins that targeted as well. Uh, and then he mentioned Vic was part of the plan, but you guys scared him away. When he said you, at the, at the immediate time, I, I thought he meant the media. And then later on, it flashed back as it does. Right? So, because then, then I followed up. I was like, see, you mentioned Vic. Uh, what kind of ex- extended discussion did you have about him joining you this year? And who, who, what are the Dolphins getting in, as, in him as a coach? And then it's where he mentioned he, that the part of the plan all along was for them to coach together. And he said it was a unique situation that made it tough to go back here 
here, meaning Denver, because remember, Fangio was fired by the Broncos in 2021. So it, I can see where it would have been very uncomfortable for Fangio to go back and coach some players uh, who may not have made, who may or may not have had his back in 2021 at the time he was let go. And but Peyton said he tried and he tried and he tried and I couldn't couldn't get him to join him. And eventually, Fangio, as we know, joined the Dolphins. And Peyton obviously raves about uh, Fangio, basically pointing out not a coincidence, but half the league runs of the quote unquote Fangio defense. Okay. All right. So, but but in scaring him, he. He meant say that again. How? What did he mean by? I think I think it was it was a little it was a little joke with the media, saying that maybe they made his life so tough, or they 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 maybe oh, they in pro- Denver in, in Denver, Denver when he said here they he meant Denver. He didn't mean Indianapolis because that, that that's when he used the word here. But I, I think in retrospect, it's clear he meant Denver. Um, they do they 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 have a very passionate fan base. They do. They have a very dedicated media to the Broncos. I mean, like the Broncos get some sick ass coverage mm-hmm. in, in 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 Denver. Actually, I don't think people realize how fanatical people are in that part of the country about their Broncos. Like super fanatical. I remember, in fact, I remember when Marvez used to work. Remember Marvez used to work there, correct? And and Marvez would show me a paper back in the day when he was working there and the, the, the sports page in those days, Oh my God, dude, it was like a magazine that would come out every day about the Broncos, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't know how I, I'm sure everything's been trimmed. It's changed, down yeah, it's changed. Cause unfortunately the damn business, what a shame, bro. Uh, to me, the newspaper business was not that I'm a newspaper writer, but I think it's one of them. That's the one that I appreciated the most out of all of it, because those are the people that are there every freaking day following every single thing. And it just is better for the, 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 the fan. I think the beat writer is, is the best. And so, uh, you know, it's just, wow, it's, it's impressive. And so I can, I can understand where they kind of went after him and why would he want to go back? Even though everything has changed, right? Ownership, Peyton's running the show. So he kind of had, you know, he would have had his way and all that stuff, but I guess he didn't want to have to deal with all that. And I, I don't know how much he would admit that he's also, you know, in, on this side, he's got his family in Philadelphia and his mom in Florida. So I don't know how much he really would admit that that also had to do with a big portion of why he's here, I would imagine. No? No, no, absolutely. certainly the possibility, and... There, there are a lot of factors involved. And, and the, the other interesting aspect is Vance Joseph also was a former head coach with the Broncos. Um, you know, That's before right. fan, before Fangio. And I think the thing with, with, with Joseph is his exit from Denver, I think might have been smoother than Fangio's maybe. Uh, and, and I think, I think maybe the fandom and the media were softer on Joseph who maybe didn't have quite the talent level. That after interim head coach, or did he no, leave he, after head coach? He was head coach for two years with the Broncos. That's right. After, okay. after he it left the Dolphins. Coach. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's how it went. I was wondering, was it interim or was it head coach? And I wasn't no. – I'm, I'm kind of forgetting there. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you, um, and, and somebody brought this up, and I think, I think it's a really, really important uh, position and an extreme need – 
for the Dolphins, not to the extent of a linebacker or or a two-way tight end or a tackle maybe. I get those are – but I think something you really need is a returner. I think you've got to find a way to get a returner on this team. And maybe it's that extra corner that you draft. Maybe it's a running back that we just talked about. That third running back is a specialist also at the same time. Maybe it's a receiver that will be your last receiver that is also a specialist. And I know that the return game has been trimmed down a little bit, but it's a real problem for the Dolphins. Like they didn't have anybody competent that at least can scare teams, especially on punt return. I get it. Kick returns go through the end zone most of the time, but on punt returns, you'd like to have something that's a threat. How important do you think it is that Miami finds some kind of a threat in, in the return game? It's way down my list. And, and, and we've discussed this before, because to me, I know. again, the, the big issue with the special teams is don't allow the big return. Okay. Accept the fact that even if you don't have many on your, of your own, uh, that, that's not to me, give me a linebacker, give me a, a good tight end. Give me a good dependable backup quarterback. Give me a good corner. I think safety, I think safety for some reason, I think we've, we've kind of dismissed that Cover as a safety. potential. Well, correct. Cause Brandon Jones, not only is in a, a great fit for this scheme, which requires more coverage from the safeties. He's also coming back from a torn ACL and we don't right. know how that's going to go. And then you got Verone McKinley, who was a rookie free agent last year. Elijah Campbell showed promise, but he's not a proven guy in the least. So this is why I threw out and then I, I was accused of like, well, every time a big name, you know, comes on the market, you're going to link him to the Dolphins. No, but when Jordan Porter says basically hey, stopping short of saying, I want to play for the Dolphins and can you consider the caliber if you can make the numbers work, obviously, and juggle yeah. the salary cap, obviously. I think the Dolphins would be crazy not to explore that possibility because the dude can play. Oh, yeah. No, of course. The dude can yeah. play. And he's durable, too. I know he missed a couple games this year, but you, you look at it, he's played right. the entire season every single year. All right. So I don't know if you'll be able to sign Jordan Poyer if you end up signing one of these guys. And there's a this is actually the, the, the Dolphins need a middle linebacker. Well, guess what? This is the year to need a middle linebacker mm-hmm. because – there's a shit ton of middle linebackers there in are. free agency. Yep. So let me throw out some names. You are now Chris Greer. Okay. So you get to put on the hat. What is that logo? It's, he it's, has a, on? It's, a, it's some kind of golf hat. It's a golf hat, right? I believe. Yeah. I forgot the logo, but it's always the same logo. I don't know what it is, but he wears that same logo. So now you've got that logo hat, whatever the hell it is. And we throw out Jermaine Pratt, Bobby Wagner, Tremaine Edmonds, Levante David, and David Long Jr., and even the white kid over in Philadelphia. Give me who is the guy that Chris Poupart signs? Well, here's the thing, though. His financial considerations are going to come into play because if they don't, Tremaine Edmonds would be my guy, but he's going to be expensive. Um, And this is where cost-effectiveness comes into play. I don't know how cost-effective he is, but I'm a big fan of his game. Um, if you're looking for cost effectiveness, I, I think Levante David could be had at a decent price, especially if he if he's willing to do the hometown discount to come back to Miami. Um, 
I like I like White's game. He's to me being a nice under the radar signing, and I think it would be more cost effective. Uh, I don't necessarily. To me, I don't need. And again, it can be coupled with. If you tell me I can have Poyer and Kaiser White, or Edmonds, but nobody at safety or or a much lesser player, I think I'd go the other way around. You know, give me give me White and Poyer as a combo, but purely they middle need, linebacker. They need a middle linebacker badly on this team. Yeah, I'm but bad. how much – the question is how much are we willing to pay for Tremaine Edmonds? Well, I, I, I would go Bobby Wagner. That way I you don't sign a long-term deal and you have – Zero problem with that. Year year or two – and, he, man, I didn't I, – I he had a great freaking mm-hmm. year last year. He didn't have a good year. He had a great year last year. My God, he was good. And he can rush the passer. He got like six sacks last year. Career, career high. A career high. Had like four interceptions and obviously had his 4,000 tackles like he has, you know, every single year. And I don't think that's a big deal. I think that's a two. That's a Chris Greer two-year special. Because, you know, how, again, you've got the hat on. You know that you love to sign people to two-year contracts. You love working right. at two-year angle. With the avoidable I, years. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I think he does that kind of stuff, you know. Plus, the second year is one that he can play with if he wants to extend it another year and 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 push back some money and all that kind of stuff. So I know the game they're playing, which is really smart on their part. But you know, it's it's one of those things you don't have to give him a four or five year contract like you would have to give Edmonds because the big ass signing bonus is coming with it and all that stuff. Correct. No, that that's why. Again, if you if it, that's why I preface it by saying if you remove all financial considerations, Edmund be my top choice. If you if you don't, as you said, no, I I like the Bobby Weiner idea. Um, again, it's going to take some gymnastics to bring in one or more of those guys because uh, they do have a lot of work to do. All right, they're going to be cleaning out uh, now. They're going to be cleaning out the uh, roster. They're going to be reworking deals, all of that. We know Byron Jones is gone. We know that Mike Isicki is gone. Is there a surprise cut that we're not thinking of, that you're thinking of, that I don't think people realize that this guy may get cut? Is there a name that you can give us? Yes, yeah, the same name I've given you that it wouldn't necessarily shock me. That's Jerome Baker. He's got a okay. pretty high cap number. I don't know that he's a great fit for this scheme. I don't know that he's played up to the contract extension he got. I mean, he's been a solid player. I don't think he's been. He had a good year last year. Last year was a good year for him. It was, it was for him. He's, he's, for him. It's a, yeah. It's got a lot of tackle numbers. I, I don't, there are a lot of times I don't feel him. You look in the box score after, after the game and the game book and he's got 11 tackles and you're like, where'd those come from? You know, uh, he's not somebody that I, know I would say that I've really felt. Um, so if you if you're asking me for one guy I could see who's kind of a bigger name, he's the one that really jumps out at me. All right, follow him on Twitter at Poopart NFL. Catch him twice a week here doing the EJDconstruction.com Miami Dolphins report. Of course, catch all of his work there at Sports Illustrated, alldolphins.com. See you if you would bookmark it. This morning, you would have gotten the story. Find out how the Dolphins stole Vic Fangio from Sean Payton's ass. Right there. See, you would have found out the scoop with poop. Ha! There you there go. You know. Follow him on Twitter at Poopart NFL. 
Alan, as always, appreciate you, my brother. We'll see you. Uh, I don't know, maybe tonight. I don't know. You're gonna have. To, yeah. By the way, I arrive around seven, so maybe, uh, maybe yeah, we can gonna go see a little uh, Oki. I can be there by the second period or something like that. Let's keep in touch. All right, you got it, my brother. Be good. I'll talk to you later. There you go, Alan Poopar. And when we talk about EJD construction, look, a lot of our listeners in Dater Broward County have called Eric and they are fixing all kinds of things. And I tell you, Dater Broward, 305-433-4843. And we've got one listener that had a unfortunate fire in their in their home. They had they had to remediate everything, gut it all out. That's what remediate is. You gut everything out, right? And you make it all anew. And that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, we had a listener a couple months back that built a observation deck on top of their house. We had another listener that built an extension to their house. They had a, they built two rooms, actually, because of some consolidation, family-wise, whatever it was. Uh, we got a listener that built a big old shed in the back. It's not like a tiki hut. It's different because it has, like, these kind of, things these panels it's different but under it was a full kitchen barbecue grease trap the point is it's custom home construction major home remodeling okay and actually we have a listener that uh i, I don't know when they're starting to work but they're like modernizing the kitchen i talk about that all the time so there's all different kinds of things that you can do with ejd construction also We've got listeners calling EJD Construction because they're trying to renew their insurance policies. And now they're finding out that, oh, wait a minute, your house is older than 20 years. Your roof is not up to code anymore. You need to upgrade it. EJD Construction can upgrade that roof. So if you live in Dater, Broward County, please call Eric right now. I'm giving you the owner's personal cell number, 305-433-4843. Shell Construction in-house, that's how they keep the cost down. They pass on the savings to you. They're fully insured liability and workers comp. So if somebody gets hurt on your property, nobody's going to sue you because they're fully insured. And listen, if you don't hire EJD construction and you want to hire somebody else, that's your right. But I just want to give you advice as a friend, whoever you do hire, make sure like EJD construction, they are fully insured because if somebody gets hurt on your property, you will get sued. 305 433-4843. Go to the Instagram page. You can see a lot of the before and after work, and it'll be impressive. EJDconstruction.com. You've been listening to the EJDconstruction.com Miami Dolphins Report with Sports Illustrated's Alan Poupart. For additions, home remodeling, and custom work, call Eric at 305-433-4843. EJDconstruction.com is your custom home builder and general contractor you can trust. 305-433-4843. All right, all right, all right. Appreciate all of you out there, as always, keeping it locked here. Uh, what else do we have? Dang uh tuned in late you're never late bro you can rewind so it's uh it's a beautiful thing about technology now you actually get to just rewind there on youtube and you can check it out and there you go and eventually it all get podcasted by sean stanley it'll also get spliced up on video and different parts of it and you can uh and you can check it out cruz uh, ruiz says poop art if 
You truly believe Flo was an anti-Tua, then explain bringing in a retired OC to install an offense catered to the 35-plus-year-old backup. Is that a head coach behind your young QB? It's, um, you know, what can I tell you? Uh, you can uh, see it hurt so much for Poop to say anything good about Tua. <laughs> Oh, man. Bring back Jakeem Grant. Yeah, he's under contract, unfortunately. Uh, remember, folks, you can also make a donation to Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show to Cash App or Venmo. Uh, what else do we have to talk about? Good job by the Heat last night, defeating the Sixers 101 to 99. Panthers and Lightning tonight, huge game. Every game is enormous for the Panthers because they are falling deeper into the abyss with these losses. And this is a lot to ask now because they are not even close to the Lightning as a team. You know, last year we could argue with that firepower, they could hang there with the Lightning and beat them. This year they don't have the firepower. They don't really have great goal goaltending. Uh, I, you know. This uh, this whole Maurice Paul Maurice hire has been an absolute disaster. It's almost like it, it it's like they it's like they destroyed everything that they just built. Basically, what a shame, man! Seven o'clock tonight, Panthers and Lightning. Crazy stuff. Uh, by the way, remember Nature Bee's got a great deal going on right now for a hundred days over three months. $85. That's it. 200 cap supply for $85. That's 85 cents a day for over three months. You will get the protection that I've been getting for 20 years now. 20 plus years. I think it's 21 already now. Man, highlighting libido, boosting that immune system in a virus-filled world, allergy relief, fuller hair, stronger nails. Ladies love that. Muscle recovery, added energy. Two, four o'clock in the afternoon, you got that uh, uh, run out of gas, and you're gonna go, wow, I got all this energy now. I feel good. And that's the that's the beauty of nature B, folks. That's why I've been taking it for over 20 years. It's all natural, so it's great for kids, it's great for adults. And let me tell you something: the amazing part about plant pollen is. And you do this with any other capsule. Break it up and try to taste that. You don't want to do that, right? Because that would taste terrible. Go go break up one on Nature B. Split it up and put it in your mouth. And you're going to go, wow, it doesn't taste bad. All natural plant pollen, man. Not made in some lab or anything. It comes straight from clean, green New Zealand and from Mother Nature. That's why the kids can take it. That's why the adults can take it. You can't OD on it. You only take two capsules a day. But if somebody goes crazy and takes 20, not going to do anything except give you some heavy ass protection now because you've taken 20 of those nature b and we're going to give you a free manuka honey lip balm for free when you order right now go to naturebee.com slash big o naturebee.com slash big o 85 cents a day for a 200 cap supply that's 100 days of protection take it believe in it you're going to love it naturebee.com all right, let's get ready for our number three on the program. If you got any questions or comments, send them in. Uh, you uh, want to make a donation. You want to send in a question, a comment, an insult uh, by donation. You can do that 
at Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show on Cash App or Venmo. Sean Stanley is mastering this program like he masters the entire platform every single day. Our number three of the program is next. <laughs> 